First You Think is a not-for-profit ministry of the First Unitarian Church of Des Moines. Support us at ucdsm.org today. I hardly knew, says the poet in the reading that Barb gave us, I hardly knew how hungry I was to be gathered in, to receive the welcome that invited me to enter entirely. Nothing of me found to be foreign or strange, nothing of my life that I was asked to leave behind or carry in silence or shame. I've been here just over a month, and already I've heard so many people say this, sometimes just casually at coffee time and someone telling me how they found the congregation, and all of a sudden, they knew they were home. Or sometimes they tell me, you are telling me more deliberately in emails or in person, in tears, somebody telling me what this community has meant to them. Maybe they're fairly new. They stumbled onto Zoom during the pandemic shutdown, and they've kept on coming back so far, seeking something maybe they don't even have the words for. Sometimes it's somebody who's been here for a long, long time. There's so many changes and transitions and upheavals in their own life, in the world, in the congregation's life. And still on Sunday, every fall, you come back with all your vulnerabilities and strengths and fears and anxieties and loves and hopes. Still and always looking for what? A blessing? to touch and be touched, heal and be healed, forgive and be forgiven. I hardly knew how hungry I was to be gathered in, says Jan Richardson. Tentative steps became settling in, leaning into the blessing that unfolded me, taking my place. I began to breathe again, to move without fear, to speak with abandon, words I carried in my bones that echoed in my being. I hear that all the time. And like you, I've known it. Somebody said to us at some point, come in. And somehow we came home. To this house, we have come from Roman Catholicism and the Orthodox Church. We've come from Lutheranism, Wisconsin Synod, Missouri Synod, and the ELCA. We come from all the many branches of the Protestant tree, Presbyterian, Baptist, Methodist, Congregational, Episcopalian, AME Zion, Evangelical, Pentecostal. We come from Judaism, Orthodox, Conservative, Reformed. And I say we come from but you know it's more complicated than that. It's not as if we all dwelt in some other country and then relinquished our passports at the border, never looking back. Many here hold dual citizenship or multiple citizenships, proudly, faithfully, on purpose. What I mean is we hail from. What I mean is we carry with us in our bones, in our understanding of how the world was made and what our purpose is upon it, we carry in our hearts, in our beliefs, our practices, in the very words we choose to use to talk about all this, we carry baggage with us. 
and some of it is old and burdensome and unseemly, and it just weighs us down with misery, and some of it is beautiful and life-giving and necessary. It's required for this journey, this continuing adventure that is our spiritual life. And so I say we come from this, we come from that, but what I mean is we embody this. We carry that. We are pilgrims on a pilgrimage. And every welcome wayside rest, every port of call, every house of hospitality along the way has marked us, shaped us, been important, even when they've proved ultimately inhospitable. We come with baggage light and heavy, treasured, resented, and each of us decides what we'll carry forward and what we just need to leave outside in the car. So we come from Judaism and Christianity, and we come from paganism, from Wicca, and from the indigenous beliefs and practices of first people, some rooted in the soil here, under the concrete, under the carpet, rooted in the very earth, and some from other places, other continents, other worlds entirely. We come from AA and Al-Anon and all the saving sanctuaries that sanction our recovery. We come from art and music, trained to sing all the lyrics in German or Latin with technical fidelity and sometimes true believing faith, sometimes not. We come from all the loving, straight, safe strongholds of queerness and places that were not safe at all, not in any way. And we come hoping this place will not betray us. We come from community organizing, from all these scrappy, underfunded movements of radical resistance, so often based in church basements, and until recently, we just never made our way upstairs. We come from Buddhism and Hinduism, Islam, by blood or marriage or conversion, and we come from humanism and atheism and a deliberate and devotional agnosticism. We come from science and reason and empirical evidence and ethics and logic and math. We come from Western post-enlightenment philosophy and from mysticism. Quietly, clear-eyed and fierce, we come from the religious society of friends, the Quakers. And we come bleary-eyed also, stumbling from the hard and holy work of parenting young children not sure exactly or at all how to raise them rightly in this beautiful and broken world. Not sure how to answer when they ask at four years old, what happened? Where'd he go when the goldfish dies or their grandpa dies? We come knowing full well our own wisdom is too small. And in large numbers here, we come from Unitarian Universalism. Over the years of your long history in the classrooms downstairs or the nursery or the youth group, there have been hundreds of people running through here who are birthright Unitarian Universalists or close to it, who have never known another spiritual address, the children of your church. Some are grown now, they're older than I am. Some are very young this morning and they come buckled in their car seats and they'll have their own story to tell. We come with mixed feelings, mixed metaphors from mixed marriages and marriages that just fell apart right out of our hands. 
we come fully mindful or with no conscious memory at all from our ancestors. Here we all are. If you could travel far enough, travel way back in time, close your eyes, spread your wings, fly right out of these windows and soar beyond the walls of church and creed and custom, beyond commandments and all the fitful certainties of doctrine, even Unitarian doctrine. If you could fly way far back, past the proud, ambitious facts of science even, which do guide us and guard us and keep us from idolatry and reckless foolishness, but which are still in the great grand scheme of everything, these are truths only lately acquired, and they're not sufficient to make sense of this whole life, this tear-stained, lovely life. If you could travel back in time beyond everything you think you know, travel back to where you really come from, you would come no matter who you are or what religion you were raised in or say that you claim now, you would come to where you came from, and it would be a circle of tents in the desert, or a circle of stones on a hillside, or a circle in a woodland by a river near the sea or on the polar tundra, you'd be somewhere on a younger earth, in the center of a small circle of people, your people, is a small fire and darkness presses all around it, made darker, strangely deeper by the net of stars that's shining infinite above it. Silence presses all around, deafening silence, made louder, strangely more profound by the voices of the people gathered around the little fire, singing or speaking. They're wondering, they're remembering, they're mapping the mathematics of the heavens or the geography of their relationships to each other and to everything. They're singing the words of the artist Paul Gauguin, but in long ago languages, no one now living can remember. Where do we come from? What are we? Where are we going? Mystery, mystery. Mystery. Life is a riddle and a mystery. They're singing the same songs that we're singing now, praying the exact same prayers, asking the same sacred questions that we raise up now when we're brave enough or strong enough or desperate enough. They're wondering where in this vast universe of silence and darkness and terror and beauty and wonder and love, where in the world they belong. No matter where we come from, we're from the same place, same soil, same rain, same fire, under the same lonely stars. It's only lately that we all got scattered. So to this house, we've come from many places and the same place. And when we got here, however we came, gasping on the threshold, somebody with a little greeter badge or an usher name tag, somebody said, come in. They did not ask for our credentials. They did not interrogate us, look for a passport, and say, humanist, theist, Christian, agnostic, are you a good and proper Unitarian? They simply said, you say, come in here. You don't have to be good. You don't have to walk on your knees for 100 miles through the desert repenting. You only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. 
Perhaps you know these words by heart by now, an early poem of Mary Oliver. Tell me about despair, she says, yours, and I'll tell you mine. And meanwhile, this world goes on. Meanwhile, the sun and the clear pebbles of the rain are moving across the landscape, over the prairies and the deep trees, the mountains and rivers. Meanwhile, the wild geese high in the clean blue air are heading home again. And whoever you are, no matter how lonely, the world offers itself to your imagination, calls to you like the wild geese, harsh, exciting, over and over, announcing your place in the family of things. Hush. Somebody's calling your name. No one ever knows anybody else's true story, but for sure we do know this. We all come from the country of grief. We've all lived in the land of self-doubt and uncertainty. We've all been marooned, sometimes for long stretches, on the islands of shame and loneliness. We're all wondering about mortality. The last verse of that hymn, Hush, is soon this morning, death come creeping in my room. Oh, my Lord, what shall I do? In a house like this, we're all looking for light. We're needing a blessing by whatever name you're going to call that. And we should be asking each other, not what do you believe, as if there were a litmus test, which there's not, but a softer, harder question. What do you love? We should be asking, friend, I don't know what you believe in, because I can't know your story, not entirely. But what I want to know is, does it hold you through the night? Can you gather your spirit around it? Will the flame of it be bright enough to warm you? And what does it look like in practice? Tell me, not so I can quiz you and correct you, but teach me, because I'm also a traveler and the night is dark. And like you, I'm pretty far from home. That's hospitality to know that we all come from somewhere with pockets full of doubt and backpacks full of faith, dragging trash bags of regret and amulets of hope and courage. We're looking for a place to lay it down together. What is a congregation about? What's a congregation for? What could it be? I had a glimpse once in a very unlikely place. A few years ago, my brother lived with us in Minnesota. He had been in Nevada and all over the place. And when he was with us in Minnesota in the months before he died, he spent a lot of time at the Veterans Hospital in Minneapolis, where they took really beautiful care of him. I'm going to let that one go. More precisely, he spent a lot of time in the smoking shed at the VA, which is a kind of enclosed porch where he could go and he felt well enough. I'd wheel him down. It was winter then and the smoking shed was freezing with its concrete floor and its plastic benches around the, the walls and a few dozen space heaters sputtering in the corners. It was thick in there with this greasy haze and ashtrays all over the place. I took Mark there many times and we couldn't always sit together because the smoking shed was always packed full of people. And every time I'm saying, 
every time. A person sitting next to me would see me sitting there, not smoking, red-eyed and wheezing, and they'd say very quietly, so as not to embarrass me, need a light? <laughs> or even, here, take this and give me their half-smoked cigarette in that space. And this was complicated in that space. I couldn't just say, no thanks, I don't smoke, because I didn't want to sound judgmental or be judgmental or holier than thou, healthier than thou. No thanks, I don't smoke. I never have. That's why I'm not here at the VA. I'm not sick. <laughs> and I don't belong here. I'm nothing to do with you people. I'm not part of this, right? You don't want to be in a inhospitable guest. So I had to find a way to let thank you be the loudest part of my refusal, because it was. Sometimes somebody across the room, the space, would see me sitting there and thinking I was alone. They would get up, hospital gown, flapping under their coat or their blanket in those colored hospital socks with the little grippers on the bottom catching on the rough cement, sometimes a whole IV pole clattering behind them. They'd come all the way over to give me a cigarette. And cigarettes are expensive for a lot of people. They're really expensive. And walking is expensive if you're gasping for air and you can't afford to waste your energy if you're really sick or really old or really cold in the horrible smoking shed. And I saw it all the time. Strangers caring for each other across the room side by side in this beautiful, uh, somewhat ironic way. These were gifts of love. Bodies and lives broken open in a holy communion of humans just trying to get by, just trying to maybe get well, maybe go home, like all of us. The thing about holy communion in the early Christian church, before it was even called the Christian church because it was still some weedy offshoot of Judaism, the thing about holy communion then and now is that the table is a welcome table. As in, I'm going to sit at the welcome table. It is not a dinner party. This is not a song of privilege, that old spiritual. This is a slave song about who gets to be a person, dating way back to when singing like that was illegal. The sacrament can only be open to everybody, or else the communion table becomes a kind of restaurant, right? open just to those who've paid at the door or whose credit is good or who made a reservation. What could a congregation be? What is this place that we make holy by our presence? I want the people who come through the doors of our congregations and this one to be welcomed as I was in the smoking shed a space that's filled with fear of dying and hope for healing, just like church on Sunday. I want to move through the world myself with kindness on my face instead of this old armor of judgment and efficiency and pretense to be open, not closed. The world this morning, as you know, is just seething with sadness and fearsome unknowns. And in this church also, 
I know now, after a few weeks, that recent years have been unsettling and troubling and painful. Ministry and staffing changes, pandemic, questions about leadership, belonging, direction, trust. I think some of you aren't sure at all that this can be your place, your family of things. And so much, right, feels uncertain, a little bit unraveled. I want to find ways this year to talk about it, to even ravel it back. Is that a word? Like unravel, ravel. Yes, it must be. Ravel it back, talk about it, share stories, listen, reflect together, and try to remember together where you've come from, who you are, who you're called to be. And we'll do that. There's plenty of time. Jan Richardson says, you hardly knew how hungry you were to be gathered in. And that's true whether you are brand new this morning or whether you've been here 40 years. You hardly knew your hunger to receive the welcome that invited you to enter entirely, not just once, but again and again. Nothing of you found to be foreign or strange, nothing of your life that you were asked to leave behind or carry in silence or shame. Tentative steps, she says, became settling in, leaning into the blessing that enfolded you and taking your place in a circle that stunned you with its unimagined grace. You began to breathe again, to move without fear, to speak with abandon the words you carried in your bones that echoed in your being. You are asked now, she says, to become the very sanctuary you have found to speak to someone else, what you've heard with your own ears, seen with your own eyes, known in your own heart, that you are beloved, beautiful, beautiful to behold, and you are welcome. You are more than welcome, always welcome, right here. For just a moment, we'll hold silence together. <laughs> 